you beautiful people out there. How are you today? Hey, it's episode 21 of this podcast. I'm asked uh, a lot of times, hey, so what's your podcast about? Well, it's about whatever I want it to be about. I don't have a niche or a niche or a specific topic that I cover. Uh, if I was going to generalize it and say that the specific topic that I cover is just things that interest me. Matter of fact, I put that in the description of the podcast. I'm just having conversations and talking about things that interest me. This podcast today is going to be a little bit different than most of my others. Uh, I have had a couple of monologues. They seem to be doing okay. But typically I try to sit down with someone and have a great conversation. And i got to be honest with you, every conversation I've had with somebody I've thoroughly enjoyed. We've talked about things I knew nothing about. And I learned a lot. But this one today is going to be a little bit different in that I've got a book that I've been reading. I've actually read it three times in the last uh, since about September. The name of that book is called The Art of Teshuva. And Teshuva is an ancient Hebrew word. And we'll learn a little bit more about that. So the idea is that I'm going to take this book. I'm going to read passages out of the book. And then I'll discuss or give commentary or my thoughts on it. Uh, and I'm going to do like a couple chapters at a time. So each podcast will just be a couple of chapters. In today's episode, I actually sat down with my mom, set her up with the microphone and the headphones. You guys remember my mom. You love my mom. And um, we did... I would do this, and she would interject and ask questions or give commentary as well. So it's a, it's a fun episode. Now, a couple of things to notice, and um, I used my cell phone because I was trying another project. I'm trying to get this thing to go to video, so I tried to record this on video with my cell phone. I have a Pixel 3 XL. Now, there's two things I learned about the Pixel 3 XL, or just using a cell phone to record video, especially long-form videos, is that if your phone has a USB-C, there is no video out. So that means you cannot plug it into your laptop and use it as an external web camera. It just won't do it. If that would have worked, I would have used my um, OBS software and just recorded the video straight and live streamed it, but I can't do that. So that means i got to record it and then do all the editing to get the audio and the video up. That's the first thing I learned. Second thing I learned is the Pixel 3 XL has a limitation. So if you're recording a long video, and in this case, right at the 22-minute mark, it stops and then starts recording again. Why they have that limitation, I don't know. But the Nexus had it as well, so I think it, I don't know who's, whose problem that is or if it's a software issue or hardware issue, but that was the problem I had. Now, what does that mean for you and your listening enjoyment today? Simply... Right at the 22-minute mark, you're going to hear a glitch. And the glitch is just going to be, I'm talking, and then it it picks up another conversation. That's where it stopped and started. It missed that little bit there. So I apologize for that. <clears throat> but I did want to get this up. So there you go. There's that. Let's see, what else can we got? Coming up, uh, I'll be going to the Portland, Oregon area. April 5th, so if you're listening to this, I'll be on tour there. Not really tour, I'm flying up to do something, but uh, I'd love to see you. If you want to get in touch with me, do that. We'll, and I am taking my podcast equipment, so f hopefully I can get somebody scheduled to talk to there as well. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my mom, and this is The Art of the Shoot.
Hey, my friends. Uh, I'm back. But this time I got a book I want to share with you. It's called The Art of Teshuva. Uh, I got mom joining me. She didn't want to be on the video, but I thought, hey, I'll read this book. And if she's got questions or commentary or thoughts, she can throw them in there as well. Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. There you go. That's mom. <laughs> so, The Art of Teshuva is a book I found in a discount store here in town. I was just walking around. They got a little bookshelf there, and I was just flipping through it. And I saw the word Teshuva, which is an ancient Hebrew word. And um, it's often translated in Scripture as repent. And although repent is a part of it, it goes so much deeper. There's so much more to it. Uh, the book is written by two rabbis. Uh, one's Rabbi David Sampson, and the other one, I can't pronounce his first name. It's T-Z-V-I Fishman. Uh, these two rabbis are taking the teachings of Rabbi Cook. Rabbi Cook was a rabbi in the late 19th century, early 20th century. Prolific writer, a wise thinker. He's uh, often quoted in a lot of Judaism. And um, <clears throat> you know, For you to be Baptist, you read an awful lot of Judaism. You, you want to know why? Or rabbi stuff. You want to know why? Yeah. Because that's the foundation of our faith. Oh. I mean, what do you think Jesus was teaching? He taught Judaism. Uh, God wasn't around then. No, you wasn't. <laughs> You're right. But he, uh, Jesus was very Jewish. Uh, he celebrated the Jewish holidays, the festivals, the feasts. He taught Torah. Uh, Torah is the first... Five books of the Old Testament. You like a lot of Jewish holidays. You like the way they celebrate. I do. Yeah. I I like that. So. I like the imagery. Yeah. I like the ritual. I like the the paradox of it. There's a lot of it that I like. Well, I just want to throw that in there because I know people who know you probably want to know why are you talking about Teshuva. Well. And that's a good question. I get that question a lot. Are you Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish. Um, there's a lot in Judaism that I absolutely love, though, especially it being the foundation of our faith. Paul, a prolific writer in the New Testament, was Jewish. So a lot of things he's talking about are Jewish things. It wasn't until like the second or third century that Christianity started making a huge departure from Judaism. Um, I think a lot of that was a mistake. And we need to go back to a lot of the learnings and teachings there. Uh, the book starts out with a quote from Deuteronomy. It says, And you shall return to the Lord your God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will return your captivity and have compassion on you, and will, turn, and will return and gather you from all nations amongst whom the Lord your God has scattered you. I love this idea. It's going back to return. And that's one of the things that we find out about Teshuva. Uh, it's going to be in the very first chapter. That it's an idea of returning to your divine true self that God has called you to be. Or that God has created you to be. Not called you. That he's already created you to be this true divine self. And it's, it's about returning there. Also, you'll see here where it says, um, up there it says, with all your heart and with all your soul, about loving the Lord your God and obeying Him. That's part of what's called the Shema. It's also found in Deuteronomy. And it starts out, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Which, again, is a teaching of Jesus. 
uh, he taught that as the greatest commandment and said the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right. Chapter one starts on page seven of the book. I will have a link to this book in the videos. So, and this will be a series of videos because I can't go through the whole thing today. Uh, the secret of happiness is returning to the source, right? Returning to who God has created you to be. While teshuva is normally translated as penance or repentance, the root of the Hebrew word teshuva means return. Teshuva is a return to the source, to one's roots, to one's deepest inner self. Rabbi Cook writes the following, When one forgets the essence of one's soul, when one distracts his mind from seeing the true nature of his own inner life, everything becomes doubtful and confused. The principle of teshuva, which immediately lights up the darkness, is for a person to return himself to the root of his soul. Then he will immediately return to God, to the soul of all souls. Isn't that beautiful? Soul of all souls? It sounded like conviction when you said re relate whatever, and then they know that they're in darkness, and then they return back. So it's almost like what I'm getting at, that you said, and I may be understanding it wrong, that that's the way people feel when they realize that they need the Lord in their life because they feel like they're in total, total darkness or they're not seeing things the way God wants them to see them and they realize they need to get on the right track. That's what I'm hearing you say. I think you're on a, I think you get a good point there is that what he's saying, you know, you forget the essence of your soul. It's, it's You go through a tragedy in life. Yeah. And your entire world shook up yeah. and you go into this dark place and there comes a point where you realize this isn't who I am. This isn't where I belong. I need to return back to that source that or I need to return back to, I hate to use the word, what makes me happy, but I need to return back to who I know I should be. And that's part of Teshuvah. It's saying, okay, I'm going back to this. You can call it conviction. Um, or turn away from darkness. Or turn away from darkness and start going toward that light. And, and the idea of recognizing that I need to do that, Rabbi Cook is going to tell us, is in and of itself just that recognition, Teshuvah. And once you recognize that, you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And you start going that way. Uh, matter of fact, he says this. He starts that return to God. call parallels his body's demand to be healthy. Both the body and the soul have a built-in alarm system which sound a warning when a person strays too far from the dictates of proper living. Now we'll call that anxiety. We'll call that melancholy. We'll call that depression. This is part of that internal warning. We'll call that conviction. It says, I've strayed away. I need to return. As long as his inner sensitivity is still intact, the mechanism of Teshuvah promises recovery and rebirth. Inspired by a call to return to a life of physical and moral health, a person can be freed from the malaise of the past. Recommitted to a path of healthy, righteous living, he discovers the happiness he has lost. According to Rabbi Cook, the second element of natural Teshuvah is to just be a good person. It's not that hard. Um, just don't be a jerk, right? Live healthy. Don't be a jerk. That's part of it.
But what I liked about this, um, trying to find it up in here. As long as his inner sensitivity is still intact, the mechanism of teshuva promises recovery and rebirth. I can, I can be reborn to that whole new person that by returning to who I was created to be. This old me, although it may be true, this old self, <laughs> I can replace it. It's available to me there. You said I want reborn. Well, I look at reborn and rebirth. It's when you realize that you're lost. And then when you, you're just talking about returning back to what you were created to be. So then you return back to be God's creation. Right. To work for Him. And you, your whole being, inside out, your inside, even your outside appearance changes. When you have Him in your life. Correct. When you return back to that divine creation to him. Right. That, that, that you originally be. Oftentimes in Christianity, we use the term lost as if we were never with God. Yeah. Um, but you can't be lost from something you were never at. Yeah. Uh, what the rabbi is teaching here is, no, you are always part of the divine. You're just returning to it. Um, so that's, that's part of it. After the, now he's going to talk about religious teshuva. After the natural stage of teshuva comes, uh, after the natural stage of teshuva comes, teshuva inspired by religious belief. This phase of teshuva stems from religion and tradition, which deal extensively with teshuva. The Torah promises forgiveness for those who return from the wrongdoing and transgressions of the individual and the community are erased through teshuva. The prophets extol the virtues of teshuva. In general, the entire value of the Torah's admonitions is built on teshuva inspired by religious belief. First, a person must be physically healthy. Then, he should have a healthy state of mind. He should feel motivated to, to do good things, to remedy ethical shortcomings. Once he is healthy and on a positive moral track, then he can get involved in, religious, in religiosity. I often see us doing that backwards. Let's get religious. Let's memorize Bible verses. Let's do traditions. Let's do rituals. Let's, let's get really, really religious. He said, no, no, no. You, you got the cart before the horse. Let's get healthy. Let's get on a good moral track. And based on those things, as you start to see these things work out in your life, the religion starts to make sense. But the health thing doesn't necessarily mean physical healthy, I don't think. I think the health, to me, the healthy would be, you know, healthy knowing that our Creator is with us. Because that's just the way I look at it. I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that my body, it'd be great if my body was healthy. I think it's talking about healthy in the knowledge of Christ. I think that's a part of it, and that's where he's getting to in this religious part. And see, and I think a lot of that, like, um, the older generation, my dad, when dad was here, mm -hmm. he thought when he when he was really sick, I mean, you know, his body just was wearing out. And he thought he was unhealthy because of something he did years ago. And he tried to figure that out. I can't be healthy because of what I did. A sin. At, right. He's looking at healthy as uh, 
his body wasn't healthy because of something he had, maybe something he had done in his life that he didn't know what. And a lot of our older faith-based older people feel that way. They do. And I, I guess I would say <clears throat> that's true and it's not. Yeah, and like seeing, I'm saying the healthy, I mean, let's just face it, things wore out. Right. And people's body is not going to be healthy forever. We're not created to be healthy, healthy. And I think when you say healthy, a lot of people look at it as a physical healthy. And I'm looking at it as more of a spiritual and mental healthy. Well, and he's talking about all three. Okay. So there is that aspect that you do have a responsibility to keep yourself healthy, to eat right, to exercise, to be healthy. You do have a responsibility to do that. And by not doing that, you do cause problems in your life. Uh, if sure. so, he's so in this sense, yes. Maybe if I'm not being healthy, I cause problems in my life, and it could cause death. Uh, there are things that happen in your life that you have no control over. You may end up with a genetic cancer and you have no control over that. That's not a result of sin. That's just your body and this is what happens. That's your creation. That's your creation and the result of creation. Then there's that mental aspect that he talked about. So I have a responsibility to be physically healthy so that I can do things um, and, and have the energy to do things. I have a responsibility to take care of my mental health and to get on the moral track of just being a good person. Um, and then I have a responsibility, this third one, is to learn the teachings of Scripture so that I can apply them and so that I can put them in my life. Now, one of the things he said up here, and he's going to say later, but <clears throat> when he was talking about this, he said a... Where is it at? A healthy orientation to religious belief. A lot of people see re religion as uh, um, a set of rules and regulations that confine me. He's going to go on to say that, no, a healthy understanding of religious belief is that it brings freedom. It brings freedom. As you start to learn it and you start to apply it, you see the freedom that's within it. Um, next, he's going to talk about a teshuva motivated by love. This phase also does not stand on its own, but follows after the earlier stages. Once a person has a healthy body and mind, once he has formed an attachment to the Torah, studying the scriptures, learning what it's teaching, and is performing the commandments, he is ready for what Rabbi Cook calls teshuva shiklit. I probably totally butchered that word. The literal translation, intellectual teshuva or teshuva through reason, does not express the craving for the divine oneness which is which this concept implies. This sublime phrase is more closely related to the teshuva from love. In other words, I am becoming better because of my love. My love for my mankind, my love for my family, my love for the divine, my love for God as I learn more about him. It is an all-encompassing return, motivated not only by the physical or, or spiritual wrongdoing, or by the influence of religion, whether out of fear or punishment, or through the uplifting effect of the commandments, but rather a clear recognition which rises to expression after the natural and religious stages of teshuva have exerted their influence 
the understanding that the entire world is God. So once I've done these other three things, then teshuva starts happening merely out of love. Uh, this teshuva out of love, which is not based on anything but an absolute love and devotion to God, inspired by the radiance of God's goodness, he determines to change all of his negative, egotistical acts into positive, transcendental ones. This is the teshuva to which everyone aspires. The teshuva which is, to, which is determined to come, which will certainly arrive. So he's got this idea that teshuva is a thing of stages. That it's not a, it's not something that's just going to happen. Now, chapter three, which I don't have time to get into today, chapter three is going to talk about that there are types of teshuva does come either suddenly as a flash of light, something happens, and oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing this anymore, I'm going to stop. And there's also a gradual teshuva, where one starts saying, okay, I'm going to better myself a little bit every day. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to do more. and I'm just going to become a better person. So it's a continuance. It's an ongoing process. You don't get it just... It's a work in progress, I guess. It is a work in progress. Think about this. <clears throat> you could have a nine-year-old kid, and he's perfectly mature for nine years old. He's perfectly active for nine years old. He's perfectly healthy for nine years old. He's a joy to be around at nine years old. Say he becomes 15. And he's still that nine-year-old kid in every way. Well, that's a pretty immature 15-year-old who's not developed. Um, if you look at Teshuva in that sense, you should be growing in maturity and in strength and in knowledge and yeah. in wisdom. And every day. Every day. And that's part of that process of Teshuva. Uh, you don't just get healthy and you're healthy. You get healthy and you do things to stay healthy. You don't just all of a sudden become a good person. Uh, you learn from mistakes and become a better person. You don't just all of a sudden learn everything about God and about Scripture. It is an ongoing thing. And one of the things I've found out is that although I may have had an answer at one point in my life about Scripture and about God, as I got older... It's changed. It's it's evolved or it's grown. It's different. Yeah, I have a different understanding and it has a deeper meaning to me. Well, that's part one. Uh, we did chapters one and two of uh, the art of teshuva. What's your thoughts on it so far? You learned anything, or I've enjoyed it uh, listening to how you're presenting it uh, differently from what I was taught, but at the same time, it's the same if you look at it. Just you know, it's like it's an ongoing progress process. It's like one street except Christ is not poof. You've arrived. Right. Because you've got to grow. It's like uh, when you were a baby, you were a baby. I was perfect as a baby. Not perfect, but you know, you were perfectly. I was everything I was supposed to be. Right. I was healthy, five fingers, five and toes. And all of a sudden you turn 49. And he's still, still a learning curve for mom. That you're a learning curve for mom. Just like a. Having you as a baby was a learning curve. So I, I guess we have to, it's a continuous growth in spirituality and uh, in knowing what you're here to do. Like, 
Yeah, you're always changing what you want to do or things that you feel like you need to do. But it's baby steps. Right. You know, you can't just, I want to do this when. You have to. It's baby steps. Well, like a lot of people, you and I both have fought with anxiety or depression or things like that. And when you're in the depths of it, you think, I just wish something would snap out of it and I could just get away from it and be away from it. But what we find out is it's a process. I got to go through it. I got to go through it. This is a process. I've got to learn. I've got to, okay, what do I need to change in my life? And when he's in chapter three, when he talks about sudden teshuva, there is a benefit to sudden teshuva, uh, to all of a sudden realizing that, hey, I've been, I've been stealing from my company. I'm going to stop and return my money. That, that that's a that's a benefit to sudden teshuva. To come to that realization and say, I'm going to make an immediate change in my life. Gradual teshuva. He's going to go on to say that that. Getting one or two percent better every day that builds a deeper foundation that you build your life upon. And although it's difficult to go through gradual teshuva and there is pain associated with it, you're better off in the long run. Well, and sometimes you know there's pain and you don't want to go through that, and you keep, I'm fine right where I'm at. No, I don't want to move forward. This is what happened, this is the way it is. I don't get any better. I'm here. End of story. End of discussion. This is it. You have to. You have to want. Well, first of all, you got to realize it, which most people do, and then you got to want to go forward, and then you got to realize that you're going to go backwards. Sometimes. Sometimes, and you may take one step forward and twenty back, and you may be, you may feel like you're starting from square one, all over again, and or at least. That's the way I feel. Right. And what the rabbi is going to teach us later on is that's teshuva. That's part of this holy path. That's part of the spiritual path. Well, you know, growing is not easy, even as a child, as a baby, when you were a baby. Right. You had to learn to walk. Well, you fail. Right. And what did you do when you fail? You usually cry if you got hurt or you get upset or you get up and start all over again. So it's, you didn't. I fell, I'm not going to attempt anymore. You got back on your feet and you, and you started walking. You know what I just realized? I didn't plug our microphones up into this phone. Well, we did real good. 